Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela, and I wanted to remind you that there are still a few spots left to have the opportunity to be an early adopter for my new class, the Thought Leader Roadmap. It will be launching this summer, an online course that goes five weeks, and each week has a module with about four to five lessons in each module. Plus, there will be a live call with me where I will do some instructing and answer your questions, and we will have a community where you can network and interact with the others in the class wanted to give you the chance to still get in at the 50% discount as an early adopter. This really is the only class out there for people who want to leverage their expertise and go from good to great. And I specifically focus on creative careers and architecture. So If you are wondering how you can differentiate yourself, how you can get off of the plateau you're on and really catapult your career to a new place, I would strongly encourage you to consider this. I built this course for people just like you. In this course, you will have a chance to align your strengths and passions with more clarity than ever before. Go beyond the compulsories, embody expertise. So we're going to talk a lot about the physical presence you have, how you take up space and speak that starts to show people that you are an expert to be listened to, how to build your brand, and finally, how to get out of your own way so you can see your career take off. So if you are interested, email me at Angela at architectingpodcast.com. Would love to give you more details and help you decide if the class is right for you. But I hope you do because I really did want to offer something to this community that would help us all to be more influential, more powerful, and really make a difference through the work that we do. Today's topic is giving yourself permission and trusting your judgment. As you know, I'm always asking the audience to share with me any suggestions they have for topics. And Megan wrote in saying that she'd been in a situation where she had an opportunity to teach a class at an event and she chose to teach a wellness-based class only to later have the organizers of the event push her to offer a class where she could have a continuing education unit as part of it. Even though what she originally had planned to do had been accepted, they moved the goalposts on Megan and she was faced with a dilemma. Should she do the new thing that she was being asked to do 
or should she stand by her principles and do the thing that she wanted to do? She chose to stand by her principles, but now she's worried. Did she do the wrong thing? Did she miss out on an opportunity? And maybe if she had taught the CEU, but had still had a platform to share her message, she could have had an impact. We do this to ourselves all the time. We make a decision and then we don't let it stand. We walk away. We question ourselves. And, you know, the word decision comes from a Latin root of decis, which is to cut. Essentially, it means when you make a decision, you are eliminating other options. In our culture, there is so much FOMO going on. You need to do this or else. This will be the greatest. You don't want to miss. I mean, you can just open your email and see subject line after subject line, subject line, where the marketing is designed to constantly agitate your psyche. It's designed to make you feel like, oh, I better do this. For creative people, ties back to the early years when we were still in school. And because creative work is iterative, we were put in this place where we were always told, well, you're not there yet. Keep working on it. I don't want to take away from the value of iterating and failing forward and prototyping, if you will. I think it's a necessary part of being creative. I also think that we forget about the part of being creative that is about our intuition. We forget about the part of being creative that is about our deepest knowing, our ability to put disparate items together and link them in a meaningful way that solves a problem. When we forget about the intuitive side of creativity and get stuck in the iterative side of creativity, we can torture ourselves because we will never let our decisions stand. Whatever we do, we'll always think about what else we could have done. In life, there is an endless array of choices. And that's exactly why you can trust your intuition. Because nothing is ever wasted. Everything you do brings you one step closer to learning a lesson, to getting where you need to go. And where you need to go may not be on someone else's path. In fact, most likely it's not. Where you need to go is your journey, your life. Trusting your intuition just means that you're willing to make a decision and then learn from it. So it's a bigger form of iteration, right? Because we're advancing, taking knowledge, advancing, taking knowledge, course correcting when necessary, but constantly moving forward rather than the iterative loop that's just about finding one more way to do something without that being heart-led, without that being something that lets you see a bigger picture. You're putting your energy, your time, your creativity towards things that don't have a lot of value. 
and you're undermining the value of your time and your energy by letting it be drained off in an iterative loop. How do we know the difference with this, right? How do we differentiate iteration that is good iteration that's helping us to get clarity and refine a solution versus iteration that's negative, iteration that's about not trusting ourselves. It really comes down to feeling that you have value. And to go back to the question that Megan had, offering her program was a new direction that she's taking her career in. And she was really excited about the venue that she was going to have to be able to do this. By the organizers of the event, asking her for something different, essentially they were invalidating her offer. They were telling her that she was not on the right track. They may not have been using so many words, but that was essentially the message. It took a lot of courage to say, no, I have taken the time. I have thought about this. I know I am on the right path. And if this isn't a good fit, then it isn't a good fit. So there is that fear of what did I just walk away from? There is that need to people please and satisfy and say, let's split the difference. Let's try to do both. But Megan, you need to absolutely just celebrate the fact that you stood in the conviction of what you're trying to do, what you wanted to offer, and that you didn't waver. You let that go. It's easy to say, but I also missed out on something. But that's really the insecurity creeping in. That's really that iterative loop thinking saying, oh, but I can do this. I can find a way. I'll make it work. As opposed to saying, this is who I am. This is what I'm putting out into the world. And for those for whom that is a match, welcome. And for those for whom it isn't, that's okay too. And maybe someday it will be a match for you. But until then, we can go our separate ways. It takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to be able to say that you are going to claim your path and your journey, what you're doing is right, and that it is a good direction, and that it is impactful, that you don't care if you get the wrong audience. In fact, as you may know, if you are subscribed to my email, I typically send a weekly email, and every once in a while, someone will unsubscribe. I actually get really excited every time I have an unsubscribe and I permanently delete them from the list because in my thinking, that person did both of us a favor by unsubscribing because what they've shown me is they're not my audience and that's okay. I would much rather have a smaller list of people who are invested in the architecting community and who are just as committed to making the world a better place through the work that they do, every time somebody unsubscribes, it helps 
my community be stronger. It helps the like-minded people for whom this is a hell yes to be even more focused. It doesn't bother me if people choose not to be in my audience. I actually celebrate that because it's refining who the architecting community is. Another story I want to share is a client of mine who is earlier in her career and definitely has things that she really wants to cultivate expertise in. And I've been coaching her for a while and she's had a lot of great success. She's been published. She's had speaking engagements. And for somebody who's still under 30, these are some pretty big accomplishments. She actually is starting to be known not only for the work she does, but for the subspecialty of that work that is her true passion. But she's young enough that she's still working under a project manager, and she had not really had any issues with most of the project managers until recently where she got a different project manager who wasn't as organized wasn't as good of a communicator, and who tended to think that whenever he discovered a deadline coming up, that he could just put that on his team and just tell everybody to drop everything and focus all of their resources on the thing that had become the crisis, even though it had only become a crisis because of his lack of management of the project. My client, who we'll call Jane to protect her privacy, was caught in a quandary because, as you know, the way that I teach time management is not to 100% focus on the compulsories because while they're essential, they can also be a rabbit hole. You're never going to advance your career, your projects, your firm, if you don't also focus on the higher level stuff and your own professional development. So there were initiatives within her company that Jane had gotten involved in and commitments that she had related to that. So when the project manager moved the goalposts, didn't tell Jane and then within two days expected delivery of something that Jane thought she had a week and a half to do, you can imagine there was a little bit of friction. What was saddest of all was that when Jane tried to have a conversation with this project manager and work through how to get things done, the project manager said, you're always doing all these other things. In effect, making the fact that Jane had big vision, Jane did mission-driven work, that project manager tried to make wrong. Essentially, the message that he was giving to Jane was, you're the worker bee. You do what I tell you. There's no place for you to take ownership of your career. I wanted to share this story because that is not an uncommon experience for us to have early in our career, and oftentimes it sets us up to repeat that pattern throughout our entire career. It puts us in a really bad place where our permission to do and be and work at our highest potential 
has been revoked. When Jane came to me with this problem, she was really distraught because she felt like she wasn't heard, she wasn't seen, she wasn't respected, and that she was going to end up getting in trouble when she hadn't, in fact, done anything wrong. By not acknowledging his own mistakes, this project manager was essentially trying to make Jane accountable for things he had missed and to make her wrong for saying no and having boundaries. Part of the bigger lesson of today of following your intuition is that it means you need boundaries and you have to be unapologetic about holding those boundaries, about saying to people, I am not available to fix. You don't get to make me wrong. To link it back to our original question from our listener, Megan, that is not an uncommon thing. When somebody who is in a management or authority position changes their mind, sometimes some people are going to have a style of trying to act like it's our fault if we can't do what they want us to do. And they do it in a way that creates this dynamic where we're almost a child and they are some kind of parental figure and we need their trust and we need their benevolence. Of course, it's incredibly triggering because we all have an authority story tucked in there somewhere, somehow. When people play that role, it takes us right back to being the six-year-old, right back to needing someone's approval in order to survive in order to get where we need to go and have what we need. Our first response, because we're triggered, is to accept the blame. At this point in our lives, we are all adults. We need to let go of that authority story and start saying, what are the facts? And that was what I had to do with Jane. I had to have her do a timeline to show what was communicated to her, what she did in response to document how she had, in fact, not been wrong. Sometimes that's what it takes because our minds can play tricks on us. We are so impacted by our emotions, not our logic. So when somebody triggers us, and that emotional response kicks in, we make ourselves wrong. What we have to do is go back, even if it does take writing it down, and map out what we did, why we did it. When you do that, often what what is kind of eye-opening here is that maybe you weren't perfect. You may definitely see ways that you could do it better next time, but what you'll see is that you weren't wrong. You did exactly what you should be doing. You followed your heart. You put yourself out there and you fulfilled 
what you agreed to do. To recap, when we feel unsure about our decisions or like we maybe are afraid or have regrets about the path not chosen, connect with our intuition. Get past your emotional response by mapping out what you did and why you did it and then you can decide whether or not you made the right decision or if you need to course correct. And if you course correct, no shame in that either. Be aligned with your heart. And the more you start to make decisions in this way, the more confident you will feel and the less you will question a decision you make and the less triggered you will be if somebody tries to invade your boundaries. You'll start to feel more comfortable saying no and staying true to your own path. I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, please make sure that you take a screenshot of this, share it on Instagram, like us, leave a review. It helps so much more than you could ever imagine when you leave a review. You help us move this podcast up in the algorithms so that more people can find it and can listen to it and more people can start to believe in the power they have to make a difference. I love you all. Have a great day. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.